Hello everyone, welcome to the world with Cynthia Joseph. Today's teaching is titled Living the New Life. Living the New Life. So we when you get born again and you're a believer, what is expected of you? What are some of the things that is expected of you that you know what are some characters and fruits and way of life that is expected from you? So we're going to be looking at the verse of the Bible where Paul was admonishing the believers, the Colossians actually. He was admonishing them, saying, okay guys, you're now born again, you've accepted Christ into your life, but there are some things that you need to put away and there are some things you need to start to do in order to live this victorious life that Christ has given you. And we can see that some of these things can be applied to us in our everyday living, even today. So we are going to do this study and just um, study it and understand for ourselves and try to see how we can apply this to our lives and be better believers and Christians. Okay, so we are going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3 this one to 17 it's a long one so we're just going to read through if you have your bibles with you please turn with me i'll be reading from nlt uh, version so i'm reading from verse one it says since you have been raised to new life with christ set your sight on the realities of heaven where christ sits in the place of honor at god's right hand Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the sins of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I'll take that again, verse 10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Verse 11. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourselves with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults 
and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 14. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. What an amazing, amazing verse we just read. I mean, Paul went on and on to admonish the believers, to tell them what is expected of them. In this verse we just read, Paul is appealing you know, to the believers, you know, he's telling them you've made a commitment to believe in God. You've made a commitment to accept Christ into your life and for Christ to be the center of your life. So he was urging them to remain true to their confession. Okay, they now have to get rid of some things, which is the old man putting it away and then putting on the new man, the new nature of God of Christ. And be guided by the Holy Spirit. So we are going to be looking at this in details. Okay, this verse tells us how believers ought to behave. You know, some some persons you will see them and you don't even know. You can't differentiate if they are believers or not. But yet they claim that they are believers. But here Paul is telling us this is these are some of the fruits that a believer ought to have. You ought to be kind. You ought to be forgiving. You ought to be peaceful you know don't be that person who at the workplace they're always saying oh this one is always angry or this one is always in rage you know it says to be kind-hearted be a kind-hearted a person be merciful be hum- be humble have humility you know be gentle be patient okay give allowance for each other's faults forgive one another you know, these are some of the characters, some of the attributes that us as believers have to, you know, possess. We need to have these characters. And also, if we went up further to see, you see some of the things that he said should not be part of us. You know, sexual immorality should not be part of us. Anger should not be part of us as believers. These are things that we are to put away. Okay, so... Um, we're going to be talking about some points of discussions today. And the first one I have here is put away the old man. Okay, put away the old man. How, how, how do you do that? You know, what is the old man, in fact? This is what we've just said. Colossians um, chapter 3, verse 5 to 10. This part talks about the old man that we have to put away. Okay, it says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. You are to put it to death. Christ has already given you a new life. You know, your spirit is now born again, but your flesh is not. So you have to put to death your sinful nature, your fleshly self. 
okay your earthly um, um, self self desires you have put them deliberately put them away okay have nothing to do with sexual immoralities impurity lust and evil desires don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater okay so the things you have to put away as sexual immorality so you are born again you 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 know yourself the things that you do that are not pleasing to god because you now have the holy spirit so if you are born again you know because the holy spirit will convict your heart okay he's the one who will bring those things to your mind you know yourself the things that you're doing that are not pleasing to god and something there's something here i want to call to our attention it says uh don't be greedy because a lot of times when some of us get some things we feel like oh well this is not good enough oh i want what that person has or um I think I, I, I can get better. Of course, it's, it's always good to aspire to be better and better in our, in our lives. But in the essence of being greedy, the Bible is saying it's not proper. It's not a proper thing to do. So don't be greedy, okay? Don't uh, want to get more than you deserve when you know yourself that this is what I deserve. But because you are greedy, you want to get more than you actually deserve the bible says that a greedy person is an idolater what does that mean that simply means that whatever you place of high priority over god over your life you indirectly are worshiping that thing so if you place money over god or you place money more than god in your life then you are a worshiper of money you you are an idolater Okay, that's what the Bible is saying here. So don't be don't be a greedy person. Okay, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Okay, you're worshiping the things of this world. You your heart pants after the things of this world. Like, for example, some persons are so into fashion, like they cannot like clothing. They're just they just love to look good don't get me wrong i too love to look good but when you place all of these things above god then you are worshiping these things you're worshiping these things that's what simply it means okay so keep away malicious behavior slander dirty language you, you, you still hear people who are believers they still use some really foul language like they use some really really vulgar words they curse they say all kinds of words that should not be used okay or that are considered inappropriate that words that you can't even say at your workplace you still hear some believers say it and you're wondering is this person a believer you can't even tell if this person is a believer or not i have a friend like she swears a lot like she curses a lot before she makes one line of a sentence she she has said over I don't know she, she curses a lot you can tell the difference between myself and herself because sometimes she tells me Cynthia you don't curse why I'm like why should I curse I mean I can't I don't like it it's not the right thing to do and she's just like when you get angry just curse you know there was a, a situation in when school I was in in a situation where I was 
upset and I, I was just like oh my god I was just saying oh my god and she's like just cuss I'm like why should I cuss you know and it was really funny you know people should be able to tell the difference between you as a believer and an unbeliever dirty languages dirty talking should not be found among you don't slander your your colleague at work or your friend to say okay she's not here let, let me just crucify her you you know you say here you say there you say here you say here. you know just mixing and joining people's head together at your workplace or in your family or wherever you, you know you're just saying all kinds and all sorts of things okay malicious behavior should not be found among you as a believer don't be malicious don't don't be jealous to the extent of you know conniving to harm someone because you are jealous of something that they have okay another one is anger you know some people and rage you know some people get so angry I, I i used to be that way because i don't talk like i'm i'm an introvert in <laughs> in my temperament so when when you push me to the edge i just flare up and wow my friends back in university and uh, they used to say ah, it's fire and brimstone when Cynthia is angry well god doesn't like that of course are we supposed to get angry yes but not to the extent where we hurt someone or it's so bad that people cannot even stand you when you're angry let the person know well i don't like what you just did i'm not fine with it but don't get so angry that you start flinging things or start cursing or start saying or start you know physically harming people don't be in rage you know there should be a difference between you as a believer getting angry and someone who is not a believer getting angry there should be a, a difference okay so paul is admonishing colossians you know telling them these are things these are behaviors that you have been exhibiting before you became born again so now that you have become born again put away this old man and put on the new man that you know christ has given you okay and um you know it's not going to be all easy to do but if paul is admonishing the people telling them you have to do this then it's something you deliberately have to do okay when you get born again it is your spirit man that gets born again your flesh is not so you have to constantly bring your flesh to subjection of god's word of your spirit you have to bring your flesh to subjection of your spirit and of god's word so that it can align all right Okay, so we are going to move quickly to the next point, and it says, have godly characters, which is what we have said, okay, already, godly characters that you can have, be kind, okay, don't see someone in need of something and you cannot even be kind to them, you cannot lend helping hands, someone is in need of something, you cannot even help them, and you're in the position to help, or you're so proud that your boss at work cannot correct you or your colleagues or your friends cannot correct you correct you you're not gentle you're not patient you know these are all the godly characters that you can have patience mercy humility gentleness okay 
forgiveness, allowance for forgiveness, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt, make allowance for each other's fault. Okay, forgive one another. Remember, it says, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know, there are some people, even believers, when you hurt them, when you step on their toe, when you offend them, they can never forgive you. They'll tell you, well, I've forgiven you, but <laughs> can never ever forget. Well, that's, that's not the way of life that God wants us to live as believers. God wants us to forgive the way Christ forgave you. The way Christ, you know, forgave you and made you into this new man, into this new person that you are. You ought to forgive as well. So these are some of the godly characters that you can have as a believer. And you can find this in Colossians chapter 3 verse um, 12 to 17 so the next point i have is do we continue in sin because of grace okay some persons will say well uh, uh well christ has died on my behalf so i can go on and keep sinning well that's not the way of life that christ wants for us okay it, it, john chapter 1 verse 5 says um, the light shines in the darkness and darkness can never extinguish it. So what does this mean? It tells us that darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So you are light when you accept Christ. When Christ comes into your life, you are the light. So darkness, which is your old man, cannot coexist with the presence of God in your life, which is light. So in the same way, sin cannot exist in the presence of our holy God. So what does that mean? If we want to be in relationship with God, we must put aside our sinful ways of thinking and living. Okay? We must put it aside. We must drop them aside and put on the new nature that Christ has given us. Mind you, this has to be deliberate. Okay? You can't say, well, when Christ, when I accept Christ into my life, it is this you know, he's the one who is going to stop all of my bad characters. Of course, the Holy Spirit is there to help you. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He's, he's there for us. But here, Paul is telling the Colossians that, hey, there is a responsibility you have to take. You have to be the one to put your flesh to subjection. You have to be the one to tell your flesh, hey, you used to want this, but you cannot want it anymore because we are now born again. Our spirit is now born again. So flesh, you can't have that thing that you used to have. Okay, so we are not to continue in sin. You, when you became born again, the old self, the things that you used to do before when you were in not born again you are supposed to drop everything so if you are the type who used to steal let's just say for for example when you receive christ into your life you are to stop stealing if you used to lie you are, you are to lo stop lying if you used to fornicate you are to stop fornicating if you used to commit adultery you are to stop doing all of those things okay these are all of those things that we need to put aside we can't say well grace has covered us some persons, some believers they say that well christ has taken all the all the uh sin away so i can now freely sin that's not true that's not the price that's not the price that christ that christ paid for us john is telling us here in john chapter 1 verse 5 that 
um, um, as in essence, no one can call themselves a Christian or a believer and still live an evil or immoral life. Okay, if you are born again, you ought to put away the old nature and put on the new nature that Jesus gives you through the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't love God and, and then court or play with sin, you know, at the same time. You say, well, I love God, but I can't do away with this sin. I can't do away with this habit. If it is a bad habit, you can't have a relationship with God and then be playing with sin, you know, be cutting with sin. It doesn't work. It does not work, okay? Just as Christ rose from the grave, we also, you know, rose with him and you know we now we we also rise to a new life of fellowship with him so that means we now have a new life okay we are dead to sin but our life in christ jesus romans chapter 6 verse 4 says for we died and were buried with christ by baptism and just as christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father now we also may live, you know, new life. So people should tell the difference in your life when you get born again. Okay, so you are born again. I should, t- people around you, in your neighborhood, in your family, they should tell the difference that, well, there's something different about this person. You know, since he became born again, he has really changed. That is the new life we are talking about because you now have a new life, all right? You now have a new life. And Paul is telling us that we are to consciously make these changes in our lives and the Holy Spirit will enable us as we go. Do not let sin control your life, all right? Do not let it control your life, which brings me to the fourth point. We no longer are slaves to sin. Okay, we're no longer slaves to sin. And this is Romans chapter 6. I will just read um, verse 15 to 17. Or let's start from verse 12. Romans chapter 6 verse 12. says, Do not let sin control the way you live and do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirement of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that awesome? Okay. We are no longer slaves to sin. Okay. We are no longer slaves to sin. But... You yourself, do not let sin control the way that you live. Don't say, well, this sin is too much for me, or um, I don't think I can do away with this. No, Paul is saying, you do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. You, you, you do not give in to your sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become instrument of evil to serve sin so if it is i did i've done a teaching here where i said cut them off anything that you know is luring you into sin cut it off okay so am i saying that you should deliberately cut off your hand or cut off whatever part of your body that is luring you into sin no it simply means cut off that habit okay cut it off so that you are not a slave to sin because Christ has given us victory, 
all right christ has given us victory but you have to deliberately play your part okay romans chapter 6 verse 1 says well then should we keep on sinning so that god can show us more and more of his wonderful grace of course not since we have died to sin how can we continue to live in sin how can we continue to live in sin uh, romans chapter 6 verse 15 says well then since god's grace has set us free from the law does that mean we can go on sinning of course not don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey you can be a slave to sin which leads to death or you can choose to obey god which leads to righteous living and verse 17 says thank god once you were slaves to sin but now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you 18 says now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living and if you go down to verse 19 it says i am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this because someone may say well i don't think i want to be a slave to anything i don't want to be a slave to righteousness even paul is telling the people here that i am using slavery as an illustration because that is that is what they can understand that is what they are familiar with in their environment okay however paul is also saying that if you give yourself to sin continually you are a slave to sin which would you rather do give yourself to god to righteous living i like what 17 says uh, romans chapter 6 verse 17 it says thank god once you were slave to sin but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you now you are free from slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living you are no longer a slave to sin because you have given yourself to this teaching and now if you begin to put to practice all of these things that you have learned you you will become righteous in the sight of god you will become a child of god this is what this verse is saying you will now become a child of god you now have a a, a stronger relationship with god just like a father you know speaks with all his children he doesn't separate one aside when you accept christ into your life you now have a relationship with god so that you can boldly freely come into the presence of god unashamed but you can only boldly come into the presence of god unashamed if you are living righteously sin is a reproach it draws us away from god matter of fact some some of us when we sin or when we do something that displeases god it somehow drives us away from the presence of god we don't want to pray we don't even know how to confront the prayer in the first place that's what sin does it separates us from the love of god it separates us from the presence of god all he's saying here is christ has paid this price for you all you just have to do is walk in the victory that christ has given you all right how do you walk in that victory deliberately putting your old man away your old nature away and start to live right start to pick up new habits that will help you you know to build a stronger relationship with god romans chapter 13 verse 11 it says this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is 
time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shiny armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness. That is in your Bible. Or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. It says you do not let yourself think of ways to indulge your evil desires. You are not to let yourself do that, all right? It says the time is urgent, all right? The time is running out. So you have to wake up. You have, As a believer, you, we need to wake up. We need to start living right. We need to start doing right. We need to start doing the things that God wants us to do. He said the night is almost gone, which means Christ is coming soon, whether you like it or not. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes, he says. Take off all these ugly characters, all these ugly behaviors. Behaviors, take them away like dirty clothes and put on the shiny armor of right living. He calls right living a shiny armor. All right, it says because we belong to the day and we must live decent lives for all to see so that all can see and say, this person is a believer. This person in my workplace is a believer. This person in my job is a believer. This person in school is a believer. I know because of the fruits they are bearing. I know because of the decent lives that they are living. It says, don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or sexual promiscuity and immoral living or quarreling or jealousy. This one is self-explanatory. Alright, don't participate in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Don't let yourself think about it. Don't even give yourself the satisfaction of thinking about it because if you think about it, you are going to do it, okay? Whatever you think about, whatever you dwell so much about in your mind, you are going to do it in reality. This verse is telling us to be cautious, all right? To be cautious as a believer, close yourself with the presence of God. Don't let yourself think of ways to indulge your, your evil desires. Don't let it. So if, so if, if you know a, a certain movie or music or a certain company or friend will make you want to indulge or satisfy your old nature, you must put that away. Paul says, don't let yourself be around them. You have to be deliberate. If it is a movie, don't let yourself be around it. If it is a friend, don't let yourself be around that friend. If it is a movie, don't watch it. The music, don't listen to it. That's what Paul is saying. You have to be deliberate in putting away your old nature because the devil the Bible says it's like a roaring lion looking for and seeking for whom he may devour. So he's not going to say, okay, you just gave your life to Christ yesterday, so I'm going to leave you. I'm not going to bother you for like the next one year. That is not true. Matter of fact, the minute you give your life to Christ, he's coming hard for you. That's how it is. That's how it works. The Bible says that he is going to and through the earth looking for who he may devour. That's his job. That's what he does. So someone will be asking, okay, how do we deal with this? What are the practical ways that we can 
you know, put this old man, this old nature away. I've written five practical steps that you can take. Number one is identify your personal weakness. So you know your personal weakness. I don't know it, but you do. So that weakness of yours that you know you are very easily likely to commit or to do, you know it, identify it, all right? Number two is recognize the things that tempt you or trigger your weakness, okay? For example, myself, during my ovulation or my period, I get very emotional. So I have been able to track it and I know that, okay, I am most emotional during this time of, of the month. So I have been able to identify it and I've been able to recognize that, okay, this, this is a time or this is a period that I get tempted to do certain things that I don't want to do, all right? So I've been able to recognize it. Number three is stay away from sources of temptation. So like I said, that this is the part or the time of my life where, where I get mostly tempted when I'm ovulating or when I'm in my period, I get really, really emotion and everything so i stay away from anything that will want to feed that weakness of mine so i'm i'm not married so definitely i know i do not want to satisfy that urge or that craving so i have to deliberately stay away from anything during that period that will get me um into wanting to fulfill that um, desire or that emotions or that urge so i stay away from social media i stay away from any music any romantic sexual music i block myself away from all of those things i don't try to watch any movies that has any type of um making out in it or any of those kind of things because the devil will push these things at you remember he's going to and for looking for who he will devour all right so social media will push it in your face the devil will make sure <laughs> trust me so i have been able to identify that these are the things these are the most times of course i'm not saying i don't get tempted in other ways but i'm just giving this as an example so you can you know go into your own private time and think about it think about your own way you know different ways that you get tempted all right and look for the sources that you know feed this temptation and consciously stay away from them you know stay away from those things all right so i've been able to identify all of these things i just stay away from social media during this time i stay away from anything that will want that will make me want to satisfy this emotion and this craving number four is to consciously invest our time in studying the word and memorizing verses of the bible and we know this is very key if you are a believer and you just accepted christ as your lord and savior even me is a it's something that I'm still practicing. I'm not good at it yet, but I am practicing it. I'm practicing studying my, my Bible daily. I'm practicing memorizing verses of the Bible because the word of God is your weapon, all right? It is your weapon. It is what you're going to use to fight the enemy when it comes to attack you in your mind. It's the word of God that you're going to speak at it. We know this because that was exactly what Jesus Christ did when Satan came to tempt him. And look at it. Satan came to tempt Jesus. Jesus just finished 40 days of fasting of course he was hungry of course he was tired of course he needed food he hadn't eaten anything he hadn't drank any water nothing for 40 days and 40 nights the bible say he fasted and yet 
that was the day that satan came and said after 40 days satan came and said turn these stones to bread of all things to say is bread of course because he knew he was hungry he knew jesus was hungry but what did jesus say beautiful he said it is written man shall not live by bread alone how did jesus know that it is written because he has studied it he has memorized it that hey man cannot live just by food alone but man has to live by the word of god the, the three times that satan said okay took him somewhere else jumped down from this uh, mountain because the word of god said that he has given his angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against the stone they shall bear you that was what satan said satan also knows the scripture and jesus said to him that thou shall not tempt the lord thy god because it's also in the bible so you have to know the verses of the bible because the devil is going to come at you and if you are not ready by, you know, knowing some, I mean, knowing some verses of the Bible, then you are not ready for the battle. Matter of fact, you're already defeated. You have to know the word of God. You have to study it. You have to make it a part of your life. Study the Bible, memorize verses of the Bible, and the Lord will help you. See, if you, I, this is what I'm telling myself, Cynthia, if you can learn songs and sing it without looking at a book, then you can, you can memorize the Bible. This is what I'm telling myself and this is what I'm telling you too. A fifth point here is lean on God's strength and grace. Pray always. By ourselves, we cannot do anything except by the grace of God. So pray all the time. Of course, there are practical steps that you personally are going to take, but you cannot rely on your strength alone because we cannot win by ourselves. We cannot win by ourselves. We need the help of God. We need the strength of God. We need the Holy Spirit on our side. Okay, pray all the time. Pray for God's grace to help you overcome your weakness while you do your part. You know, while you are staying, abstaining, while you are, you know, putting all these measures in place, you also pray. Pray all the time that Holy Spirit help me with this weakness of mine. Help me because I cannot do it by myself. And he will help you, you know, in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12 verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Let your body be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that God will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. But let God transform you you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect so we are to offer our body as a living sacrifice to God treat it right live right have the right character okay the Bible says we do this so that we can offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice and so that it can be acceptable it can be the kind of sacrifice that God will find acceptable all right and Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says my old self has been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is our victory. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. Christ lives in me. Matter of fact, this is a perfect scripture to memorize. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, the old me that is living in this body, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body 
by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. All right? Christ loved you. That's why he went to the cross. It was a painful death that, that Jesus died on the cross. You know, he was bruised. He was beaten. You know, he was nailed to the cross. It was so painful, the death that Jesus had to die. But he did it and when he was doing it he, he 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 did it wholeheartedly he was thinking about you when he did it and so he has paid this price all you have to do is to live right okay you have to live right you have to live in this new life that he has given you live in this new life that christ has given you and you will give glory to god while you do that praise god all right friends that's all we have for today's teaching thank you for listening and see you on my next one bye